It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Anthony, I feel like the breaks are shorter today. Yeah, I didn't realize that break was that short. <laughs> that was very oh, that was Okay, that was that actually was shorter. Yeah, that one was definitely shorter. I think the ones at the end of the hour, a little longer. A little longer? Okay. Yeah. I was just like, we're back. Yeah. Ta-da! We're back. Uh, we're here till 6.45, a little bit more than an hour from now. Uh, Wizards Magic tonight at Capital One Arena. Uh, Dave Johnson will join us at 6.15 before he and Glenn take over at 6.45 for the radio party. Uh, we got a ton of uh, games this week, actually. We literally have a game every night here on the Team 980. You got Wizards Magic tonight. Wiz play again tomorrow, and then they play the Nets on Friday. And then Thursday, a Maryland and Coppin State. Yeah, buddy. We are done at 6.30, the 30-minute pregame show before a 7 o'clock tip for the Terps on Thursday. Uh, So, means we should get right to it then, shall we? Uh, First of all, uh, I did want to say, Anthony, uh, Derek is uh, actually not an audio or Odyssey app listener. He's a YouTube watcher, and uh, he commented on the YouTube stream that that was indeed his baby. (laughs) Thank you for the confirmation. Thanks, Rick. We, we, we were definitely curious. Thanks. Then we definitely we definitely needed that. And now we go around the NFL. All right. Uh, God, there's so many games spread out over a couple of days. This is such a weird time of year for it. Uh, once college football ends and the NFL is like, oh, cool. It's like, uh, you know, sometimes when my wife gets out of bed in the morning, I like starfish and I'm like, oh, look, I have the whole bed now. That's what the NFL does to weekends. It's a weird analogy. Yeah, Felt a little. Over. I felt a little uncomfortable making it, but you know what I mean. Uh, Saints and Rams Thursday night. Uh, we talked about this one briefly. Uh, obviously, Rams get the win, thirty to twenty-two. Held on after a late surge by the Saints. Rams have been cooking as of late. Stafford over three hundred. Kyron Williams over one hundred. Puka Nakua nine catches, one sixty-four, and a touchdown and a correct pick for your boys. Uh, Bengals and Steelers on Saturday. <laughs> I told you, Anthony. Go ahead and say, I told you so. I told you so. I did. I did. I said, this is the very dumb game. Yep. The very silly Steelers always win. They look dead. They look toast. They're finally going to be under 500. Tomlin's finally going to have a season where he's under 500. Tomlin's going to get fired. The Bengals look great. Jake Browning looks like a revelation. Or not. Or the Steelers will smoke the Bengals. They'll put up a 30-piece and win 34-11. Yeah. What? Didn't really make sense. Uh, T. Higgins did what I thought he was going to do. You know, he he showed up. And Five showed for out. 140. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's pretty good. I mean, they need a little bit more. But, um, yeah, shout out to the, the Steelers. Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. Oh, my god. 17 gosh. for 27, 292 touchdowns, no picks. Both the touchdowns to George Pickens, including an 86-yarder. Yeah, uh, one of my friends, he's a Steelers fan, and uh, he seems to think players get open more when, you know, Mason Rudolph's at QB because for Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, just didn't happen. And uh, I, I don't know if there's merit to it, but he's a Steelers fan, so who knows? George Pickens definitely had a huge game. Um yeah. I mean, maybe, but it's probably – when people say things like that, I'm like, do you watch the All-22? <laughs> you know? He probably it, doesn't. Pro- probably not. 
You know, you know what he probably does do? See balls get completed. And you know what that probably means? The quarterback's throwing with more anticipation, a la what is happening here with Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bills woo, woo, had, to, had to hang on uh, to yeah. beat the Chargers, the lowly Chargers, the don't-have-a-coach-anymore Chargers. Oh, and they have an interim coach. Chargers. 24-22. Uh, to 22. Another turnover for Josh Allen, but he does also account for three touchdowns. And James Cook, another 20 carries, 70 yards in the win. Big night for Gabe Davis. Four catches, 130, and a touchdown. What's happening to Stefan Diggs? Did you see the tweet where he's gone like nine straight games Without under? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I I mean, teams are definitely loading up on him. Uh, other guys are stepping up. And the thing is, it's not like the Bills have been terrible. They haven't been at their best. I think they are at their best when he's involved. Yeah. But it happens. I mean, Stefan Diggs is what? How, how old is he now? He's in like year. This he's, is year nine for him, I think. Yeah, he's 30. I mean, and I hate to say it as someone who's 33 in – Going on 34 in a couple of months here. Um, Sorry to everyone who's older that is listening. That's like, what am I, dead? Um, But, like, in the NFL, when you hit 30, I mean, even even all of us who have hit 30, like, you're not quite as quick as you used to be. You're not quite as fast as you used to be. Now, you hope that, that mentally you're able to make up for it. You understand the timing, the rhythm. But, like, he is at a point. At 30, which is crazy, where he's past his physical prime. That's that's the NFL. It's a cruel, cruel world. Cruel business. It doesn't mean he can't be a really excellent receiver for another four or five years. Play till he's 34, 35. By all means. But is he going to be Stefan Diggs, the guy, every week? No. I know he'll have weeks where he wakes up, to, to quote the old Baker Mayfield, I don't know, I just woke up feeling dangerous. Like, you'll have weeks like that. I have days where I feel, wake up and I feel amazing. And then there's the rest of the days. And, you know, that's that's life in your 30s. Still worth it. I love my 30s. But I'm also not an NFL football player who's got to perform on demand every Sunday. Yeah, hopefully he figures it out. You know, the the playoffs are definitely rolling around, and uh, they're going to need them. Let's put it this way. If I am game planning for the Bills every week, I'm not like, oh, we don't got to worry about Diggs. He's still damn good. Yeah. So it, it's, it's just does he have the production week in, week out? And uh, it hasn't happened in a bunch of weeks. Uh This one I thought I had right. Apparently I didn't. Falcons 29, Colts 10, Heineke, uh, nice little day, 229 and a touchdown. I mean, the biggest thing for him compared to how he plays when he's good or bad slash how Ritter had played, he was clean. No turnovers, no picks, no fumbles, just did what he needed to do, kept the train on the tracks, got the ball in the hands of the playmakers, Bijan, 12 carries for 72 yards. I mean, the efficiency there, crazy. Six yards a carry. Algier, 7-7 seven, seven a carry on nine carries. They rush for 177 total. I mean, this is when the Falcons are at their absolute best. You have 12 carries for Bijan, nine for Algier, seven for Patterson. Uh, Taylor had two for 10 yards. And ultimately, it's 30 carries, 177, 5-9 per. And that's... And another, you know, seven catches for Bijan. So you get him 20 touches, basically. That's how you do it. Greg, this is one of those contingency picks that did not go your way this week. You said Atlanta, if JT does not play, he ended up playing. Oh. And uh, you could have been undefeated. Oh, no, no, no. The commanders, you would have got. Uh, you I was lost. really good on Sunday uh, during the day. Things. The moment I texted you, I think things turned downhill. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I get for, for bragging. But yes, I thought, okay, well, damn, I should have just went with the Falcons and been like, you know what? Now that they got rid of their quarterback problem, they'll probably be fine. Whoops. 
anyway, the Falcons won. They're seven and eight. They still have a chance to win in the NFC South because that division stinks. Seahawks 20, Titans 17, truly hanging on for dear life. Uh, Seattle able to run out the clock in this one. Uh, their defense on the field, keeping someone in balance to let the clock run out at the end of this one for Tennessee. Uh, Tannehill played in this game uh, with Levis banged up, uh, but got outdueled by Geno Smith, 227, two touchdowns. Nice little ba- bounce back day for Derrick Henry, 19 carries, 88 yards, touchdown, and he threw for another one because that's a thing he does a couple times a season. Uh, but Seattle able to bounce back after a rough start to this game, 14 points in the fourth quarter, and a victory. Yeah, uh, it was good to see Tannehill back out there, but it didn't result in a, a W for the boy. Um, Tannehill's going to be the next Flacco. He's just going to be a backup for the next nine years, even though he's already in his mid-30s. And some, you know, in, in what are we in, 2024 almost? In 2029, Ryan Tannehill is going to win a football game late in the season, and we're going to be like, I thought he was toast five years ago. Remember when he got replaced by Will Levis? But I, I feel like Flacco sort of kind of has more of the upside just because he has a stronger arm than Tannehill. Tannehill's um, just, Tannehill's arm's not as, like, he's got that weird throwing motion. Yeah. But, like, the dude was a top 10 pick after barely playing quarterback because yeah. he had so many physical traits. Yeah, I think you put him around a solid team. He could definitely come in and build some teams out. I, I, I like the comparison. Like, Tannehill, Tannehill, yeah, I, I think Flacco's the better player, but yeah. um, Tannehill's going to be around for a while because he's just smart and he knows how to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but not win many games, which is why they're 5-10 and 10 and, you know, they lost on Sunday. Lions 20, Vikings, or sorry, Lions 30, Vikings 24. Amazing, amazing story for the Lions who survive a 411-yard two-touchdown day from Nick Mullins in part because Mullins also throws four. Yes, count them. One, two, three, four interceptions. I mean, just a wild stat line. You, you hear a stat line like that, Anthony, and you figure, oh, he must have thrown the ball 80 times. No, he had 36 attempts, 22 of 36. And somehow in that 22 of 36, he threw for 411 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. That is insane. It's crazy. 36 attempts is, is crazy. 30, I mean, that's not like a crazy number. It's a crazy number to have four picks and 411 yards. Yeah. With two uh, touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, JJ, six for 141. Mm-hmm. Osborne had a beautiful touchdown catch. As part of his five for 95. Unfortunately, the big loss for the Vikings here on top of dropping back below 500. TJ Hawkinson, who had four catches, 58 yards on the day. Torn ACL, torn MCL out for the season. And likely, obviously, most of next year as well. um, Considering how late we are in the season. Be a heck of a lift for him to get back for the start of next season. Meanwhile, on Detroit's side, happy party celebration. Goff. 30 for 40, 257, a touchdown to Amon Ra St. Brown, who had 12 for 106. Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, both over 50 yards apiece, 55 and 80, Montgomery and Gibbs. And for the Detroit Lions, it is the first division title since 1993. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, yes, boys and girls, that is the first Detroit Lions division title of Anthony Haney's life. It is indeed. It's been 30 years? 30. Good they, made the, they were a wild card team a couple of times in the 90s with Barry Sanders. Yep. They, th- this is their first 
division title since and with Stafford. I mean, they had Stafford and Calvin Johnson. They had some decent teams in there. They were mostly terrible. They had a couple decent teams. Never once won the division. Is this their first in their franchise? Since since 1993. Wow. Yeah. So this is their first NFC North title. First one since realignment. Hey, look, that's why uh, records are meant to be broken. Shout out to Dan Campbell leading those guys. Awesome. Putting this unit together and getting the job done. The post game was great too. He uh-huh. he goes, Where where where's the old guard? He pulled up the guys who had been there the longest, who had suffered the most, and was like, This one, you know, we're gonna do this again. Every one of these is special. But this first one, this one's for you guys. And I hope mm-hmm. he's right. I hope he's right. Because they're building it the right way in Detroit. Um, that's certainly an organization. I know we've all talked about Ben Johnson, but between Johnson and some of the people in their front office there, that's one of the organizations I think that the commander should be looking to poach from and model how they built it after. They have a very clear vision of what it means to be a Detroit Lion, and it and it's front office down to coaching staff, down to players, and they've done a really excellent – they've done it the right way, and it shows you that the right process will lead you to good results if you actually follow it uh, for the right amount of time. Uh, on the opposite end of that scale is the Jets and the Commanders. What a poop show this was. We've talked about it all show long. 30-28, to 28, the Jets win. Commanders come back behind Jacoby Brissett. You all know the drill. Uh, and Anthony and I were both dumb enough to pick Washington. I mean, the thing is, Craig, this was a game that appeared to have been lost early that we had won that we gave away. That's how I see it. Yeah, it's it really is embarrassing. You played the most embarrassing half of football that a team has played in forever, where your defense gives up explosive plays. Your offense is something beyond inept, self-destructive. Your special teams just has a total goober fest. I mean, I love Jamison Crowder. Uh, he's he's my guy. I, I enjoy talking, like professionally speaking, he's my guy. Like I've, I've known JC since he was drafted. It was, it was hilarious earlier this year. I told the story of one of the post-game locker rooms when he first got here where, like, we kind of did that, like, hey, I know you. Yeah. Hey, a familiar face because I don't, I'm don't i not out there every day anymore. I don't know most of the guys on the team in the way that I used to when I was a familiar face when I was on the beat. And Jamison, like, he didn't know anybody. He'd just gotten back. So, like, of course he knew Kime because everybody that's been here for a quarter century knows Kime. Um, but outside of John and, like, Michael Phillips, he was like, hey, I know you. And so we caught up and it was great. And like, he's such a great, like a genuinely great human being. Um, What? And he would be like, I don't know what happened there. He tried to like switch, switch hands in the ball. And it just, ah, yeah. Wacky. Good return too. I know. That's the worst part. It's not like that happened on a two yarder and just like bad to worse. It was like, Hey, you had the return that probably could have helped turn the game around. And instead it, it just continued down the spiral. Uh, Meanwhile, Packers, 33 Panthers 30 way closer than the experts thought Bryce Young starting to turn things around a little bit 312 yards two touchdowns for the number one overall pick in the loss Jordan Love two more touchdowns to add to his excellent total this season 17 to 28 219 again not major yardage but efficient doesn't turn the football over finds ways to make plays in the end zone and oh by the way Aaron Jones does his part 21 carries, 127 for him. Yeah, I'm definitely glad to see uh, Bryce Young turning things around. But if I'm a Commanders fan and I'm thinking about next year and us having to undergo what the Panthers have gone through. I don't think that we're going to have to. I hope we don't, Craig. I hope Dog, we, I, their roster 
made ours look insanely good. I'm like their number one receiver is Adam Thielen. And I know Terry's not Jamar Chase. Yeah. But Terry's really good. Yeah. Adam Thielen was really good mm -hmm. when he was a number two paired with Justin Jefferson or Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Their number one receiver is Adam Thielen. They have a porous off like they genuinely have a terrible offensive line. Yeah. They have the offensive line many commanders fans think they have. Okay, well, hey, look. They have I, some decent defensive players. I feel better then. Burns is good, although he's probably leaving in free agency. Yeah. They got some ballers over there. They do. For sure. They do. Um, and if they can get the right coach, eventually, maybe they can turn some things around. Because Tepper's going to pay for stuff, but how about a plan and stick to it? Uh, Browns, Texans. Browns, 36-22 victory. Flacco, 368, three touchdowns, two picks. Amari Cooper, one of the best games you'll ever see from a receiver. Man. 11 catches, 265, two touchdowns. This is why, like, we are seeing why the Browns front office might have two GMs, like two guys, two, I should say two people because one of them could be the first female GM in the history of the league. Two, two different people in that Browns front office that are very likely to get GM jobs this offseason. If not three, uh, that will three separate people that will interview for GM jobs around the league. What they have built there, the resiliency they have. Stefanski should be the coach of the year. Like the fact that they're ten and six or whatever they are. What are they? Ten and five. Yeah, ten, uh, and, ten five. and five. Yep. With what they've dealt with, not just at quarterback, but all over the roster. Running like back. Go, going like, into going into uh, Thursday night football against the Jets, dude. They're without like legitimately i think 20 day one starters oh some linemen yep linemen quarterback obviously and like i'm not sad about the quarterback situation like get what you deserve with sean watson nick chubb hate is that out. like come on um but like yeah chubb's out there i mean they freaking dustin hopkins old old pal is their kicker he got hurt in this game their kicker got hurt that's how banged up they are insane what the Browns are doing. Stefanski's doing a hell of a job mm -hmm. um, and absolutely deserves to be coach of the year. Jags, Bucks, uh, another t bad, bad day for Trevor Lawrence. Insult and injury. Uh, sprained AC joint. He is doubtful for their upcoming game. Meanwhile, Buccaneers put, drop another 30-piece. Baker, two touchdowns. Uh, Rashad White, a touchdown as well. And it just shows you, too, by the way, like, it is worth sticking to running the football. And I know the Buccaneers were up in this game, so the game flow helps you out as well. But, like, the Bucks just were like, we don't care. We are you know, Rashad White, 20 carries, 39 yards. Chase Edmonds, 10 for 25. They couldn't run it, but they got up in this game early, and they were like, we're just going to run out the clock and make C.J. Beathard beat us. And, uh, spoiler alert, C.J. Beathard didn't beat him. The Bucks, Good game management. We, we, we both, it, it was almost a unanimous. We already expected the Bucks to go out here, whether Trevor played or not. And I'm rooting for the Bucks, Craig. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for these guys. I hope they keep getting the job done. I'm looking forward to uh, how they finish the season. Bears suddenly 6-9 and nine on the year, 27-16. Yes, uh, as Justin Fields has another, another confounding outing. Some stuff where you look, watch him, and he's just electric. I mean, he's got a 39-yard uh, scramble in this one uh, as part of a 9 for 97. Yeah, he had 97 yards rushing 
15 and 27 touchdown pick. Some of the throws, there was there was a point in the game where he makes like this ridiculous throw to get them into the deep red zone, and then he makes a ridiculous in a bad way throw on the next throw. You're just like, uh, okay, cool. You just gave the ball to the other team. Great job, Justin. But they, I mean, the Bears have been consistently scoring. They put up 27 here. I think they have an interesting decision to make this offseason. I think ultimately you can't, pa- if you have the number one pick via Carolina, you can't pass up on a generational prospect if that's what Caleb Williams is in your mind. But I think at the very least for Chicago, they have successfully rehabbed Justin Fields' uh, Justin Fields' trade value. Yep. Like I think there's a team that will give up a second or a third for him. Depending on if you have to pay him. Uh, like with immediately and like how that pans out, but I could see a, at least a third for him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, definitely when he's played this season, you know they he they've shown that they can score. Um, early in the seasons, the defense that was holding them back. And now you know there's he he got back healthy and they're starting to like figure things out. So the Bears are definitely gonna have a um a weird situation come. Do you, you know. do you keep Flus? The defense looks good, man. I would, I would probably keep him. I, I, I think I keep, especially if I go ahead and, and win I might the next keep Getsy at this point. They're, they're OC. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just depends on how you think he fits Again, with Caleb. With Fields, they've shown their ability to score. The defense has turned around since Montez gotten there. So, I don't. I, I like what Flutes is cooking right now. They're ending the season on a strong note. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Dolphins twenty-two, Cowboys twenty. This was kind of the game we thought it would be. Both teams come out, play pretty well. Dolphins ultimately pull it out, which is what I thought would happen. Yep. You were you were on the other side of it. Um, but the Dolphins, you know, they finally beat a good team, as long as you think the Cowboys are a good team. And if not, then quit moving the bar on the Dolphins. <laughs> I believe in the Dolphins now. That they, 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 now they, they were a real chance this weekend because they faced the Ravens. But. They, they finally beat a good team. I don't think they beat the Ravens. I think the Ravens are the best team in football. Uh, but we'll get to those teams later. Yes. Uh, let's actually move quickly so we can get to those teams. Patriots 26, Broncos 23. I got nothing to say on that other than thanks, Patriots, for winning and moving the commanders up in the draft order. Raiders, Chiefs, Raiders 20 to 14 victors. I mean, this was another wacky game, but I actually think something that's interesting from this game, Anthony, like if they had just caught the footballs that Patrick Mahomes threw to them the entire year, the Chiefs would have been fine. I think Mahomes is starting to press a little bit in the way that Sam is pressed. Yep. Where he, there are times where you watch Travis Kelsey on your screen, seemingly wide open, and you're just like, dude, just throw it to Travis. Take, the, don't go, you know, go. Does Alex Smith need to come pay you a visit? You can't go broke making a profit. <laughs> and I think Mahomes, because he feels like he's got to make stuff happen. One, you saw playoff Pat where he ran a lot more, and I would not be psyched about that if I was Andy Reid. I'd be like, you save playoff Pat for the playoffs there, buddy. It'll be all right. And two, I think he's trying to push the ball down the field a little bit too much, and he needs to just take what's there. I think for the first time, really in his career, Mahomes' play is hurting them a little bit. Now, he's also doing other stuff in different points of the game that is elevating them. He makes insane plays that saves you every single game. But, but, I think down in, down out, he's got to recalibrate a little bit, start taking some of the shorter stuff, and and just live with the easy stuff and, and know the deeper stuff will come eventually. Yeah. Got to stay patient. Yeah, I think they also just gave away the game as well. The the fumble, the the pick six. Totally. The, the, those hurt, but also, to your point, 
he is pressing. He does need to, you know, just take what is there. They're still capable if they can find it offensively. Their defense is playing outrageous. I mean, they won. Uh, the Raiders did 20 to 14, scoring zero offensive yeah, points. Exactly. Like no touchdowns, no tu no offensive touchdowns. Two field goals, and two defensive touchdowns. Uh, Giants, Eagles, uh, Eagles, 33, uh, 25 winners. Not, I mean, this was an interesting game, uh, but we're out of time and I'd rather talk about Ravens 49ers. Yep. This was a weird game, Anthony, because I thought for the entire first half, the 49ers were playing better down in, down out, but they kept making critical mistakes mm -hmm. and the Ravens kept making plays. And it shows you that while yes, the process of down-in and down-out football is really important, and that's what the Ravens did in the second half. It just were the better team straight up. The the ability to make a play is probably the most important thing in the NFL. And, I mean, the Niners were driving it down their throats in that first drive, and then Kyle Hamilton makes a play. 49ers get back. They start getting some yards, getting some chunks. McCaffrey's going. Samuel's going. Kittle's wide open every play. Ayuk is making plays. Purdy's dealing. Get another play. And eventually, when you make the plays, the other team will start to panic a little bit, and the 49ers lost it. And then ultimately, like, the Ravens just pounce and make a couple of back-to-back -back plays, and they are up 29-12 in the blink of an eye at the start of that third quarter, and they never look back. But I, I think... If I'm Kyle this week and I'm like, hey, if we play those guys again, I feel good about it. Yep. Um, and if I'm Harbaugh this week, I go, hey, way to make plays. And that's how we're going to win games. We've got to keep making plays. Yeah, I felt as though the uh, the Ravens were going to win this game. I think, again, Super Bowl preview, I think the 49ers capitalized on the uh, on their miscues in, the, uh, in their rematch, hopefully in the Super Bowl. Uh, all right, so when we get back, Anthony will tally up the records. Uh, we'll give them to you real quick, and then it is time for our pick six before Dave Johnson joins us at 6.15 on The Hoffman Show.